All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Episode 60 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. A little bit of a rapid-fire intro because we got a lot to do. Sam, how was your week? Mando's good. Uh, what a great weekend for sports. We got NFL, NBA playoffs, and the U.S. Open all going on the same weekend. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost too much to talk about, so we're going to try to get through this as quickly and as efficiently as we can. Uh, my week was good, and uh, yeah, that's it. So, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Well, actually, I will say one thing. I, I played three rounds of golf last week, which makes that a great week oh, yeah. right off the bat. But I broke my driver on one of them. I, I, you, did you see when uh, Bryson DeChambeau broke his driver in the PGA Championship, I think it was, the first round? Mm-mm. He, like, snapped it after picking up the tee or something. Like, he was just leaning on it. That's the exact same thing I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's, a, it's at Golf Galaxy getting fixed. Oh, well, there you go. She'll be back and better than ever. Hopefully. Right. Um, all right. So... Last year, we introduced a segment on the show. It was called What We Learned. I, I, it's the only, I think the only segment that I can lay claim to was my idea because everything else has been Sam's idea pretty much. Um, so we're going to bring it back. We got three things coming out of this weekend for what we learned. One, one, first thing is the NFL gods have their injury sliders turned all the way up to 100 because, it's gracious, the amount of people, the amount of players that got injured this weekend was off the chart. Michael Thomas is already out. He's still out. Christian McCaffrey is now out for four to six weeks. Saquon Barkley is out with a torn ACL. The entire 49ers roster and fan base is out. Um, of this year, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Nick Bosa goes down with a torn ACL. Who else went down for you guys? Solomon Thomas also tore his ACL. Um, you have D Ford who has back as a back injury from the game before. So that's mm-hmm. their whole defensive line right there. Yep. Uh, which is the heart of that team of last season. And you have Jimmy G who goes down with a um a high ankle sprain on the same leg as the torn ACL leg. So that's good. You have Raheem Moster who strained his MCL. And then you have Tevin Coleman who hurt his knee. And you already have Richard Sherman, who is out. You have George Kittle, who hurt his knee in the first game. It's just awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey is out as well. Drew Locke went out for the Denver Broncos. Cortland uh, Sutton. Sutton. Sutton's yep. out for the Denver Broncos as well. You mentioned Garoppolo. Devontae Adams is out with a hamstring. Tra- Tavon Young for the mm-hmm. uh, Ravens is out, cornerback. Uh, Malik Hooker for the Colts is out. Byron Jones is out, and uh, Tyron Ta- Tyrod Taylor is out, uh, which we'll, we'll get to eventually because we have to talk about your boy stepping in for the Chargers um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, uh, who have one of the best offensive lines in the league, two of their starting offensive linemen were down, and one of their backups was down. Henry Ruggs was already playing uh, beat up. Josh Jacobs got a little bit beat up towards the end of that game. It just seems like everywhere you go, some team has been affected by injuries. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to touch on this um, to start, but do you think it it is like an anomaly? Like it's just a coincidence or it's something to do with the fact that we've had like this weird offseason? I I don't know. It's it's hard because I mean, you it's easy to point at not at the at the reason for all these injuries is having a shortened you know, I mean, not having an off season and having a shortened camp. Um, but again, I don't know. 
I don't know. That just seems to be the most likely scenario. Yeah. Um, but is that the case? I'm not sure. It could just be an anomaly. But I I would say it's it's almost like it doesn't feel like an anomaly because it's not just one team. You know, it seems like it's all the teams. Well, it's whichever team is playing at uh, MetLife Stadium apparently because their turf is is rigged. Have yeah, you seen that? I've heard a little bit, yeah. And the the Niners play the Giants this week at, uh-huh. at MetLife. So their whole their whole starting line is probably going to be injured after this week. Yeah, the uh, the 49ers fan base is uh, they're all injured as well. It seems you, like you got <laughs> mentally. So I think that if you're just looking at the ACL tears, those are all contact, right? From what I saw. Cuz Saquon was hit low. And that's mm-hmm. how he tore his. And then Bosa and Thomas, they had guys fall on their legs. Mm-hmm. So you just can't those are just freak things that happen that you can't really control. But the like the number of hamstring injuries that we've seen so far, like Le'Veon Bell is missing time because of a hamstring. Devontae Adams left. Jameson Crowder has missed time. Devontae mm-hmm. Parker's been dealing with one like and the groins and just all those those things that you can all the muscle strains that you can see i think you can be attributed to guys that their bodies just weren't ready for a hard football regular season like the preseason you got to think that guys aren't going as hard mm-hmm. cuz they're they're just trying to get out of there without an injury oh right? for sure yeah. so they're just getting into football shape that whole time but now when you just ramp it up right in week 1 i think this is what it's natural to say, like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I do feel like they are tied together. How closely they are tied together, obviously nobody knows, but I do feel like they are um, linked to one another. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully going forward, uh, you, know, the inju- you know, the injuries aren't – they don't pile up as much as they are right now. Um, but, you know, it, it just – and I know it's only been two weeks, but – it's gotten worse each week. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's hope that week three, um, brings, it went from, uh, week one was all the missed field goals and week two is all the missing body parts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, obviously for all the guys, for all the players who are injured, I mean, oh speed, gosh. speedy recovery to every single one of them. Um, so we just, we wish the best for, for all of them. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, nobody else gets injured, which is impossible in football, but you know, hopefully it's not as much. Um, so no, go ahead. No, no, you're totally fine. All right. So number two for what we learned, um, Cam Newton can still play. Cam Newton can still play. So last week, last week, the new England Patriots, they won, but it wasn't necessarily because Cam was throwing the ball downfield. He was 15 for 19, 155 yards in the air, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran 15 times and he scored two touchdowns on the ground. So the question was coming out of that game, especially for somebody who's been dealing with shoulder injuries, is can Cam still push the ball downfield? Can he challenge teams vertically? Well, he comes up against the Seattle Seahawks, who, mind you, have a bit of a depleted secondary, minus, mm-hmm. minus Jamal Adams. Who, who's playing like a stud. Yeah, who yeah, is an absolute machine. I love watching him play. Um he comes out and he goes 
he throws 44 times com- with and he completes 33. Throws for 397 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. He also mm-hmm. ran 11 times, and he ran for two touchdowns as well. I think yep. if there was any question about if Cam can still play in this, this league, he answered it uh, on, uh, on Sunday night. And I know that the Seattle Seahawks won that game, but I think the New England Patriots won the night because now they oh, know yeah. what they have in Cam. They, they showed the rest of the league that they're still the top team in the uh, AFC East, I think. Until, mm, until I'm not sure. Because, well, just because Cam looked prime 2015 MVP Cam. He really did. He was throwing dimes to Edelman, dimes to uh, Nikhil Harry, dimes to um, Bird, and just he was throwing rockets out there. That shoulder has definitely healed up right <laughs> from, yeah. from a year ago. And he takes it against a great like a great Seattle team who most people think after their first two games should be representing the NFC and he goes out leads a comeback and has them in position to win he even throws a dime to Julian Edelman in the end zone that goes through Edelman's hands yeah it was a tough catch but it's is a catchable ball for sure very very much so it's that was just I mean I watched that play over and over again and Julian Edelman makes that catch, you know, eight times out of ten. He just happened to miss that one. But, man, that he – Cam absolutely shotgunned that pass to Julian. I think that was in the perfect spot because no way you can defend that. Mm-mm. That's going to be P.I. all day if you try to get a hand on that as the, as the DB. So it's only – it's in the only spot that Julian Edelman can come down with it. It just goes through his hands, and then he gets stopped on the two-yard line. I mean – if you you got to be happy if you're a Patriots fan. Do you agree with that play call at the end? Oh, for sure. He scored on it twice before in the game. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna lose, just lose on your bread and butter. Yeah, I could see. I could see. Let's uh, <coughs> come out of nowhere. Thank you. I could see both sides of the argument. I could see take it with your best player and with your most effective play. <laughs> uh, in that sense. Yeah, uh, but but I can also see you know you watch that play and Seattle knows exactly what they're going to do, so they completely oh, sure. they completely sell out um, to go stop Cam. So it's one of those things where the you know both sides of the argument run it yes, but also do you try to do something different like a I little think, fake? I think that now that the Patriots have established that if they get to within five yards, Cam's just going to take it and it's going to work most of the time. Teams have to sell out on it. Sell out on it, and you you know in that play because there's a fullback behind Cam, and then motions to the left of him. If he if they work it to where it's just like a slip block, and then just that uh, fullback just goes to the uh, goal line for an easy pass, that's gonna work ten times out of ten. If if the defense is selling it out on a Cam run. Yeah, well, I mean, the Raiders did it last night against the Saints. It was fourth and one, and they had Josh Jacobs back there, and it was like, oh, yeah, well, they're going to give it to Josh because they always give it to Josh. Josh has a history of just leaping over the pile, and they do a little play-action pass, and Darren Waller is standing all by himself. Um, like, it was the easiest pass Derek had all night, and it was one of those things where it was, I could see the Patriots using that s- similar tactic um, in the future. Um so, but I do agree with the play call as well. It's just one of those things where I think they're going to have to switch that up eventually, um, working a couple play action fakes. 
And then number three in what we learned, um, who is the best at losing big leads in the NFL? The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. And what we also learned is that they clearly don't know the rules of an onside kick. <laughs> Have you watched the replay of the onside kick? Oh, I watched it live, but yeah. And they kept showing it. Dude, what happened? So it's got – it was the most – it was like the weirdest way of taking an onside kick. Like it the was. Most unorthodox. There's no T used. Um, it was, the ball was just laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg Zerline taps it to where it's like rolling and like tilting and pivoting all the way to the – uh, ten like ten yard marker, and Atlanta Falcon. Two Atlanta Falcons players are like hovering around it like a bonfire, just waiting for no reason <laughs> to try to pick it up. And then the Cowboys get it. It was just a, the combination of, I guess, great play by Dallas and awful play by Atlanta on that. It was it was insane. I don't I don't I don't for the life of me know why. They didn't just jump on the ball. How do they? How do you not know that? Did if the you, special teams coach get fired after that? Because I don't know, but Dan Quinn might. <laughs> um, yeah. People have been calling for his head after this game, um, which I could see happening. I could see happening. Um, yeah. He's supposed to be a defensive guy, and they end up giving up forty to Dallas and some absurd number to uh, Seattle. They gave up thirty-eight. Yeah. So, oops. So there you go, defense. Let me give you a stat that I heard, and I don't remember the exact number, but it doesn't take away the the like shock factor of the stat. So turnovers started being tracked in 1932. Okay, since then there have been I th- hmm. I think the number was like 443. I think it was over 430 and less than 450, somewhere in between there. So. Let's just say 443 for just because I think that's what it was. And it was a close number. So 443 times since 1932, since turnovers have been tracked, that a team has scored 39 points and not turned the ball over. Since then, the record for teams who do that is 443 and zero until yesterday or until uh, Sunday. So it is now 443-1 because the Atlanta Falcons scored 39 points, no turnovers, and lost. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to – I mean, good on Dallas. They really, out, yeah. They squeaked out a way to have a glimmer of hope in this – because if they start 0-2, that's oh, yeah. tough. For well, that team with yeah. that much expectations – and you know, good. And this is good for Dak Prescott for contract negotiations. Yeah, because he just put up monster numbers. Yeah, he Woo. put up four hundred and fifty yards. I think. Let me see. But, it, but if yeah, you're Dallas, you gotta be worried about that defense too. Because mm-hmm. the Rams got everything they wanted against that defense, and Atlanta, which has been putting up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points, did the same thing against Dallas and. It's just that's not really what you're looking for if you're trying to make the playoffs. You want that defense to be strong. Well, this team has Super Bowl aspirations, and right now it doesn't look like they're anywhere near that. Um, now, granted, 
week two Cowboys are going to look different than week 10 Cowboys, but still. Um, and, and they get the benefit of being in probably the weakest division in football. That's very much uh, the case. Um, Philly doesn't know what they're doing. And... No, they don't. No, they do not. Um, so that's what we learned. Um, and uh, after after that segment, I feel like it is only appropriate to just jump into a recap of week two of the NFL season. So run, give you a quick rundown on scores. So the Browns beat the Bengals 35 to 30 in the game that they absolutely needed. The Bears beat the Giants 17 to 13. We just talked about the Cowboys. They got a win over Atlanta 40 to 39 in the game that they should not have won. The Rams beat the Eagles 37 to 19. The Buccaneers Tampa Tom gets his first win 31 to 17. The 49ers despite losing every single player on their roster, they beat the Jets 31 to 13. The Titans and the t- the Titans getting uh, showing that their investment in Ryan Tannehill paid off as he threw for four touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was thirty three to thirty. The Steelers somehow gave up twenty one points, twenty one points to a Drew Lockless, Jeff Driscoll led Denver Broncos team. I don't know mm-hmm. how that happened, but twenty six to twenty one. They still beat the Broncos. The Packers beat the Lions 42-21. to The Bills beat the Dolphins 31-28 to in a game that started out with pouring rain and then 10 minutes later ended up being completely sunny. So, welcome to Miami. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Washington football team. Still weird to say. 30-15. to The Colts beat the Vikings 28-11. to The Ravens thumped the Texans. It was not – I know the score is not a super big blowout, but it was never close. 33-16 to over the Texans. The Chiefs beat the Chargers in what was perhaps one of the most interesting games of the weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. Thirty, I mean, twenty-three to twenty. We talked about the Seahawks Patriots game, thirty-five to thirty, and the the Raiders beat the Saints thirty-four to twenty-four, which of course we will talk about. Um, so, Sam, pick your game. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, really quickly, first Thursday night game. Uh, Joe Burrow looks looks legit every bit of legit this is the real needs, deal just needs players around them cleveland probably the most desperate team after two games yeah we could say because they really didn't have a lot of margin for error being the third best team in their division uh, man it's not looking it's just not looking like they're progressing no, so they play washington next weekend so you would think that they could beat them then they come to the cowboys which will be an interesting game because that's two teams who right now I don't think anybody has a good read on yet, you know? Dallas has definitely played better. They've definitely played better. I think they're both in the same situation, though. They both have high expectations, but so far they haven't met them yet. So they're both playing sort of for their public persona one and their record and their fight in their division as well. And Cleveland's trying to get rid of OBJ. At least that's what we've heard. Well, who knows how much that is actually? Because they've come out and said that they're that they've yeah they're open to listening to trades, but they're not actively shopping him. Mm, who know? Who really knows? But I think yeah. that the distraction is definitely there. That it might be beneficial for them to just ship ship him out. Maybe, yeah. In which case, where do you think would be the best spot for him to go? Um. Best spot. I don't know how feasible, like a team like 
That's tough. Kind of put me on the spot here. Mm, I feel like a team like the Texans would actually benefit huge from getting OBJ. I was going to say the Texans or the Chargers. Yeah, I just don't think they have the the assets to make that happen. Um, I'm thinking a team like the Jets might actually be like the most realistic landing spot for him because they do have a lot of a lot of things and not a lot of talent. Yeah, they have a lot so of they, players. And they have a lot of cap space, I'm assuming, just because I don't I think they're only paying Le'Veon mm-hmm. and maybe CJ Mosley. So that's a good I think that's the most realistic place. What teams like that contend I mean Minnesota. The Stefan Diggs departure looks huge for them. Mm-hmm. They would they that that would be a, a nice jolt for that franchise. Um, Philly, Philly might need OBJ. I don't think they have depleted weapons. They need O linemen, but that might be a, another just boost for them to wake themselves up. I mean, the Niners, the do, Jaguars, they, they have injuries. The Jaguars aren't. I don't know what the Jaguars are doing because all <laughs> we've heard is they're tanking. They're going to be the worst team we've ever seen, and they've played. They've beaten the Colts, and they almost beat the Titans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And Gardner Minshew is playing pretty pretty damn well. That whole team is playing well, and they've gotten rid of every single good player they've had. Yeah. Minus their stud running back. Okay, who I'm going to get in fantasy. <laughs> I already am after him. Um, so th- those were, I think, of the most realistic landing spots for OBJ if, if they try to ship him. Yeah. Um, so I don't think the Giants and the Bears there's a much there's much to talk about other than obviously the Saquon Barkley injury. Yeah, um, Mitch Trubisky still looks bad. He started off really well in that game, and then eh. they were up seventeen zero, and the the game finished seventeen thirteen. Yeah, that's not super uh, <laughs> super positive. Yeah, no, they got shut out in the second half. He was eighteen for twenty eight, one hundred ninety yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um. So I don't Tom, think there's – go ahead. Tom didn't play super well. We we still haven't seen him click, really, in that Buccaneers offense. Um, yeah, he played okay. Um, 23 for 35, 217 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But here's the thing. They're going to have to do what the Broncos did with Peyton a couple years ago. That defense is going to have to carry the Brady – to the Super Bowl, um, and they have a very good defense. Um, they have a very good defense, and they have a lot of names on offense. So I think there's enough around Brady to get him to the Super Bowl. But I don't think it's going to be because of Brady. I think it's going to be because of that defense, and then he's just going to be able to produce enough with what he has on offense because he has, it seems like, everybody on offense. Yeah, especially when Chris Godwin comes back. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um but but I mean they have they have such such a deep and good defense that they're I mean they're gonna have to do what the Broncos did with Peyton because um, Brady I mean is obviously still a good quarterback but he doesn't look like himself um, yet and maybe that's just because it's only been two games and there was no preseason and a shortened camp and he's on a new team so I think there's something to be said about that but yeah um, you know you know, who doesn't, see. you know who doesn't look like himself. Who? Carson, Carson Wentz in Philly. Ah, man, he's forcing it. 
He's forcing it. it. So he was 26 for 43, 242 yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. What do you think it is with them right now? Um, I think definitely you can't overstate their offensive line troubles. Yeah. And we've seen Carson Wentz struggle when his offensive line isn't there and he's under duress. If you give Carson Wentz a clean pocket, I think he's a thousand times percent a better quarterback. Um, it's also probably a little bit of just heavy expectations for this team. They won the division last year and they want to repeat as such. So he's, like you said, he's forcing it. Yeah. So I've heard, I heard a lot about him. I was listening to ESPN yesterday morning and they were just talking about how Carson is just seeming, seems like he's just trying to do too much. Like he's he's playing that superhero role right now, and he and it looks like he's just trying to again do too much for the team. Like there are other people around him that can help him now. His offensive line is not helping him very much, but again, it just they were the point that they kept coming back to was the fact that he just he looks like he's forcing everything, yeah. And which I think is understandable because I mean they have. They have some good offensive weapons on this team, which they didn't oh, yeah. have, which they didn't have a ton of last year. But they have a pretty uh, good offense now. It's just that offensive line is going to hold them back because Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Um, we all know that, um, but honestly, the quarterback is only as good as his line. So, and it, the, it's weird because Phillies. It seems like they're they're trying to shift it to Carson Wentz or bust. Which makes sense because he's their star player. But when Philly was at their best, when they were winning Super Bowls, that that team had a prolific running attack. They had JHIE, mm-hmm. who was just going bananas on players, and then that would set up the play action. They they need to return to that yeah. if they're going to have success. And I think that's kind of what's led to this slow start. Also, the Rams are a good team. Mm-hmm. I think we can they say are. that now, that they're, yeah. they're legit back. And they're going to be a force in the NFC, so that's that's a part of it as well. Yeah, Jared Goff, twenty for twenty-seven, two hundred sixty-seven yards, three touchdowns. So Tyler Higby had three touchdowns as well. Their stud tight end. So whoever had him in fantasy, congratulations. Yeah, because <laughs> that was insane. Um. So I think another notable game that we can talk about, just because uh, of the injury, is Drew Locks out right now for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be big for them going forward. I think the Broncos literally this morning just signed Blake Bortles. Oh, really? Yeah. It's gotten to that? Yeah, let me double check, but I um, believe he just signed with them this morning. Yeah, Denver Broncos signed Blake Bortles after Drew Locke injury, so I don't know if they're bringing him, to be, bringing him in to be the starter. Probably the backup. The I would imagine Jeff, it's going to be the way that yeah. Driscoll played. I mean, he, I think he earned the job, and he's more familiar in that system anyway. Mm-hmm. The Steelers. Um, oh. I, I, <laughs> I. Uh, oh man, we got some dogs barking in the back. Who is that, dude? It's Chewy. He's <laughs> such an annoying dog. So, for those of you that don't know, we've mentioned, we've mentioned, I think Sam's dogs on here a couple of times. Chewy, I think, is like nine. Seven years old. Um, I begin. That's that age. If you've seen Star Wars and you know what the Ewoks are, he kind of looks like that, but he has no teeth. Um, 
Yeah, his tongue droops out of his mouth too because of that. Yeah, he's kind of scary. Like you, I think you see. I, I think you'd see him if there was like a saw movie and there was like a torture dog. Yeah, he'd be the dog. But he's very, he's very sweet. Like he's a, he's a very nice dog. Uh, he just looks sure. crazy. He just kind of looks crazy. Have you seen Despicable Me? Uh, three. Oh, no. So Are you talking about like it's that kind of like that that monster looking thing. Yeah, so like when the mi- when the minions get turned like purple. Oh, I was and they turn about into the like dog in Despicable Me. Oh yeah, well actually that works too. <laughs> so the dog in Despicable Me, or you can do when the minions turn purple and go all crazy. He kind of looks like that. So. All mangled and stuff. Yeah, that's Chewy. We love you, Chewy. You're a good dog though. He, he can't hear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but so I think the Steelers. Um, I mean, we oh, said yeah. that we're I, talking I, about football. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> James Conner had a bounce back game: sixteen yep. carries, one hundred and six yards, one touchdown. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's still getting comfortable, but he looks like he's uh, he's just as good as ever. Well, I mean, this this game's a little misleading. Because it's it's closer than it should have been, yeah. Right? Because Pittsburgh got out to a big lead. Their offense was rolling. Deontay uh, Johnson looks good. Juju looks healthy and good. Uh, they have James Washington. Like they got weapons in that passing mm-hmm. game, and they have Eric Ebron too, who's a former. I, yeah, player. I totally forgot that they had Ebron. <laughs> so around Ben is just. Weapons after weapons after weapons for this Pittsburgh team. And the offensive line looks great as well. Yeah. Ben's, I feel like, rarely getting touched. Yeah. And he's, I think he struggled a little bit. He did. I mean, fact- a little bit, but he still played well. I mean, he was 29 for 41, had 311 yards, two touchdowns. He had one pick, but, I mean, he still was playing pretty dang well for being gone as long as he has been and having, yeah. obviously, no offseason. Yeah, for for missing a whole year and just now getting back, it's just going to take time to get it back in the swing of things. It's awesome that they got out with a with a win. If they're the more that they win during this time that Ben isn't carrying them is huge because just later on when they need him the most, that's when he's going to hopefully be at his best. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that game, the Titans and the Jaguars game ended up being really good. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, Tennessee was up quite a bit and Jacksonville scored 13 points in the fourth and, uh, Tennessee only scored three. Um, so they were up pretty big in the fourth and the Jaguars made it close. Um, but Titans pull out with a win. Um, Titans look, I mean, they look as good as they did last year, honestly. Um, and I would say that they're the favorite to win their division right now. Mm, Yeah. I think I think I picked them to win their division, but yeah, um, because you got the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Texans in there. The Jaguars, we, I don't think we really know what the Jaguars are. The Colts, Colts are one and one. I don't know if they're just working out the kinks, um, or they're just not good. I'm not sure yet. Um, and the Texans, I don't know what the Texans are doing. <laughs> Texans, um, that's a tough start though. It really is. They had two very tough games. I know, and then their next game is Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. And then they have the Vikings after. Well, the Vikings are kind of poo-poo. I feel like the Vikings are 
in the same place the Texans are in. They lost, They both lost their number one wide receiver. Now they can't really produce on offense. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson's playing a lot better than Kirk Cousins. Yes, playing. he is. Well, yeah, I, I think we all agree that he's better than Kirk Cousins anyway. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is – it appears like he's regressed from last season a little bit, and that could be little... that could be because of Diggs not being there. Yeah, maybe. But you I know mean, who? Look, yeah, look at the impact that Diggs is having for exactly. Buffalo. Yeah, I was gonna say, look who, look what happens, look what happened to Josh Allen when Stephon Diggs is there. Josh Allen looks great. He's taking a major step now. I know that Buffalo's played the Jets in Miami. So maybe there's maybe that's a part of it. But Josh Allen looks fantastic. 24 for 35, 417 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. The Bills look really good. Yeah. I still I still think New England looks better. Just based off of that, I I like them more losing to a good Seattle team barely than Buffalo handling New York and playing pretty well, I guess, against Miami. They just got Fitz magic a little bit. Yeah, a little bit towards the end, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be I, – I, I, it's going to be so fun. I'm going to be so locked into that game when they meet each other because um, it's – they're two very good teams, it seems like, on a collision course for each other in the division. And it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. The Bills hold the slight advantage right now. Um, but I, I wonder what these teams are going to look like. Well, let's let's see when they play each other. Let's see when do they meet. They meet. Wow, they don't meet till November. <laughs> um, so that would be week eight. They don't meet till week eight. Oh, weird. So that week eight, and then the second to last week of the season. So hmm. the week eight Patriots and the week eight bills are going to be much better than what they both are right now. So that game is going to be really fun to watch injuries with holding. I mean, yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, and so we've been, <laughs> so we just talked about um, what Stefan Diggs did for the bills. We know what Michael Thomas is seems like he did is doing for the Saints, and I think that was a very apparent last night. And then before we get to the Saints, another guy, another wide receiver who is proving his worth and making his quarterback look like a MVP candidate is DeAndre Hopkins because the Cardinals look really good right now. Mm, yeah, I mean they beat Washington, so I don't want to take, but they also beat the Niners pretty handily. So they did. I think. It's hard. It's really hard to tell what Arizona is. I, I want to see them play a legit team. So um, they play. Oh wow! They so they play the Lions, the Panthers, and the Jets next. They could go five and zero. Yeah, they should go five and zero. And then they meet up against the Cowboys week six. That'd be a good game. And then they meet Seattle. That's that's kind of tough. So I think. Uh, Dude, Arizona could in, go five. Is it in Dallas? Is it in Dallas? It is in Dallas. Dallas is sneaky because they have like twenty thousand fans. That is a clear home field advantage over the rest of the league. That's a prime time game as well. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun game. The Cardinals legit could go five and zero in their first five games because yep. I think they're better than the Lions. 
And I def well, I definitely think yeah. they're better than the Lions. I think they're better than the Panthers, especially Christian McCaffrey list Panthers. Yeah. And they're definitely better than the Jets. I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know if I can definitely say that they're better than those teams. I don't know if we can. We can clearly rule out any team right now after two weeks. I don't know. I feel so. Kyler Murray's a better quarterback than Teddy right now. He's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold right now. Okay, they'll beat the Jets. How's that? I'll, I'll definitively say that they'll beat the Jets. The Jets look really bad. Mm-hmm. The Lions, so the Lions barely lost to the Brown to the Bears, and the Bears are two and zero. But I don't know about the Bears, and they got slapped by the Packers. So they were that, up against the Packers. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and then Green Bay just woo. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Green yeah. Bay looks like a top five team in the NFL. They do, they do with their top five quarterback. Um. So Arizona is going to be a fun team to watch. The Colts. There's another injury we forgot to mention. Marlon Mack. Yeah, it's week one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's one guy that we also forgot to mention uh, in just our little injury report. But Jonathan Taylor looks really good. Yeah, yeah, they they look good. I mean, I don't know if we can say it's Minnesota looking bad because they they were gifted so many possessions, or Indy looks looks good. I don't know what to say from. Because it's just two polar opposite performances by this I, team. I think it was a mix of both. I think I don't know if Philip Rivers looks totally comfortable yet. Um, I mean, Philip's a guy who can throw the ball around the yard, and he only threw for 214, one touchdown, and one interception. Jonathan Taylor had 26 carries, 110 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. Um, would it, would you, if Jacoby Brissett was quarterback in the Colts? On Sunday, would they have? Would the result have been the same? I don't know. I'm thinking. Uh, yes, I, this team I think. Looks I think. I think so. Yeah, because I think Minnesota is just not that good right now. I so like we can't say that Indy's better than last year. I don't know uh, if we can make that yeah. determination right now. I agree. I agree. They do look the same, and you know who's not playing particularly well? It seems like Ty Hilton. They're supposed to number one, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, again, it just falls on the quarterback, right? Exactly. So, like, I, it's one of those things where, you know, you bring Phillip in to hopefully bolster you to a, a Super Bowl, and, you know, we're sitting here talking about, is this team actually better with Phillip Rivers? And I agree with you. I don't know if they are. Just give it time. I mean, Phillip will get into it, I guess. He'll, he'll, he'll throw for a party one game, and we'll all sit here and say, oh, okay. That makes sense now. Well, that's kind of what he does. I mean, after watching him for pretty much my entire life on the Chargers, I mean, the dude, like, yeah, he has bad games, but he also has insane games. He's a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, he is. They're practically the same. But going to Phillips' old team, how about them Chargers? Yeah, so the Chargers came out and said Tyrod Taylor, when he's healthy, is going to be the starter, which doesn't make sense to me. Not after this week. It doesn't make any sense. No. You throw in Justin Herbert, who learns he's going to be the starter 10 seconds before kickoff, and then his first challenge is going up against, oh, yeah, Patrick Holmes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, uh, okay. And then he comes out and goes 22 for 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He had he only looked like a rookie once, and it was that one interception. He did the one thing that you can't do, 
which is roll left and throw back right. And yeah. he did that when he, when honestly he had so much open field in front of him, he could have just ran for the first down. But it's just his tried, first start. Yeah, it's his first start. But so it's one of those things where you chalk that up to okay, rookie mistake. But other than that, he played extremely well. Yeah, it, I just think he provides so much more energy for this team. Yeah. Like, when you see Tyrod Taylor on the sidelines, only scoring 16 against Cincy, it's like, okay, I mean, I guess we kind of we can win this year. But when you're leading against the Chiefs and a rookie is putting together drives to just bing, 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 bing down, down the field, and then you're they, – they should have won that game. So the Chargers actually had more total yards than the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense – I mean, the Chargers defense, every single team that has the Chiefs on their schedule should put up that tape. Yeah. That's the best defensive job against Patrick Mahomes I think we've ever seen. Dude, the Chargers defense is legit. They, they are good. They, they, have, they have Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa they are on each good. side of their defensive line. Those guys are stunts. They are good. <laughs> and Joey Bosa got a sack against... Patrick Mahomes. He had never sacked Patrick Mahomes and he really wanted to get him and he did eventually get him. Uh, he, it was funny. I was watching that game and I was like, oh man, he got close and then, oh, he got a little bit closer and it was like, dude, he's going to get him eventually. He's just, he kept getting so close and then eventually he finally got one and he looked so stoked about that. I was, that was super fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so the Chiefs, zero points in the first quarter, six in the second, three in the third. 11 in the fourth, three in overtime. Mm-hmm. When was the last time the Chiefs had a game where they didn't score 14 points in a quarter? I would love to know that stat. When have they not scored 20 in a quarter? I know, seriously. Or not scored 23 and a half. <laughs> if, if the Raiders, say the Raiders and Chiefs are in overtime and the Raiders choose to receive, and they have a fourth and one in their own territory, do you want them punting? Patrick Mahomes? Heck no. Heck no. You go for it. You would go and win that game. I think now it's I, a little, it might be a little different because Herbert was a rookie and you might not trust a rookie in that position, but it's just, you're theoretically, you're going to lose the game anyway. If you don't get it, you're going to lose. If you punt it to Patrick Mahomes, all he has to do is get a field goal. Which he's good for, it seems like, almost every time he steps on the field. At least one Tyree kill bomb. And maybe the thought was the defense had been carrying them that entire game. So punt it to and put your best unit out there on the field, which if it were the Raiders, their best unit is their offense. So it might be a little different in that sense. But I mean, maybe he was just hoping that the, the defense could win them a game. I feel like that'd be the only the only explanation for them punting that ball yeah. at the end. Um. Tough. Tough if you're a Chargers fan. So if you're the head coach, Justin Herbert's your guy going forward now, right? Well, okay, I understand why starting Tyrod. Because if, say, they start Herbert and Herbert struggles, totally demoralizes him if you bench him. Theoretically, Mm -hmm. you never want to bench a dude that's supposed to be the franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. So if you just keep pushing this thing down the line until a bye week to where Herbert gets a whole week to prepare for that start against an hopefully easy opponent. 
I think that's the most ideal situation. And that's probably what the Chargers are thinking. But if you're a Chargers teammate and you saw your team play a whole level above with a, a different quarterback, you're probably sitting here thinking, what are we not shooting for the playoffs? Do we not see what this dude just did last weekend? Mm-hmm. He's our best chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I it's a tough situation. I get what they're saying. They brought Tyrod to be the starter, so you want him to be the starter. And if you don't feel Herbert's ready, then you don't play him. But man, he sure looked ready. <laughs> he looked he looked ready with ten <laughs> seconds of preparation. <laughs> I can't I can't even imagine. I good on him, man, because he must have prepared. You always hear that cliche like backup quarterbacks are preparing like they're going to start every week, but. It came to fruition right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the Patriots and Seahawks game. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I think no. We got to get to the Raiders, man. You got to have your time in the sun. So one thing about the the Seahawks right now, uh, Russell Wilson is the current MVP of the league. I don't care what anybody else has to say. Not not Rogers. No, Russell Wilson has nine touchdown passes through two games and eleven incompletions. That's kind of nuts. It's ridiculous. It's insane. He threw for five touchdowns, 288 yards. And in the previous game, in the previous game, he was 31 for 35, 322, four touchdowns, no picks. This dude, I don't know how he has never gotten an MVP vote. (laughs) It's insane. But he right now is the current MVP of the league. And I don't even think it's close. Not even not Lamar, not A Rod. No, no, I I don't think it's close, and that's just that's just me. But okay, eleven incompletions through two games and nine touchdowns—that's ridiculous. Um, I I give a nod to Aaron Rodgers. He's got two wins against two divisional opponents, and just blew out both of them. Yeah, but the Lions are not good. And we learned that the Vikings are not good either. Because they make them look bad. Is Atlanta good? Atlanta's defense definitely isn't good. Atlanta's defense is definitely not good. But the Patriots... I don't think the Patriots' defense is very good. Just because of all the... Stephon Gilmore, DK Metcalf just handled him. Oh, man. He's going to be a problem. (laughs) He's going to be a problem. He really is. You know what was cool about that game is that Russ threw for five touchdowns to five different people. Yeah. DK Metcalf had one. Tyler Lockett had one. David Moore had one. Chris Carson had one. And Freddie Swain had one. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he just shares, man. He's just a sharing guy. Russell. Russell's always been like that. He doesn't. Absolutely. He doesn't force it to his main guys. He'll throw it to no-name receivers all day for wide-open touchdowns. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, Saints-Raiders. I'm so glad that we get to talk about this game. Um, and I didn't have to wait till next week to talk about it. Give me your – before I get into it. Oh. And I won't, I'll, try not, I'll try to not spend too long on it. But give me your thoughts on the game. So, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole game. That's because fine. I had a uh, – Jenna's family came over last night, so obviously I was a little preoccupied. But I came in and out of the house, and the game was on in the background. And 
I saw the Saints were up 10-0, correct? Yep. So I was like, okay, this this looks pretty much like what we thought. The Saints are kind of controlling this game. They're probably just going to add on a couple more TDs. This game's probably a little over. And the Raiders scored after that to make it 7-10. And did they just go up from there, pretty much? So at one point, it was... Um... It was seventeen to seven at one point. Seventeen seven um, Saints. Yes. Okay. And then I came in and it was twenty four seventeen Raiders, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the heck is happening?" First off, Josh Jacobs, absolute stud, mm-hmm. looks like one of the best running backs in the league. Darren Waller, we already knew Darren Waller was really good. His connection <laughs> with Derek Carr is. Uh, one of the best tight end quarterback combinations in the league. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr, love how he's getting a lot of praise today. Yeah. Dude deserves it for how well he played. And honest, the Saints didn't play very well. No. That's a part of it. But the Raiders, that's a huge win for the first, the opening game in that awesome stadium. That's probably the best stadium. It's, It's between LA's new stadium and the Raiders, for sure. I don't know so, which one's more spectacular, but yeah. it was cool. So far, so the Rams Stadium is just, obviously it was $3 billion more expensive. Yeah, which um, is crazy. How do you even I don't, make it that expensive? <laughs> I don't know. Um, their stadium is absolutely insane. But I'm all good with the with the Death Star, in, um, which everybody was. Every, so that, that, that little. What's that torch thing? In the middle. It looks like so, a college football trophy with a flame on it. So, in Oakland, there was a tradition where some former Raider player or somebody attached to the Raider organization, a fan, former player, somebody, there was a little tiny torch in the stadium and they would light the torch for uh, before the game. And it was like – and it was something to do with Al Davis who was like the – it was like the the flame in the Raiders organization. Like it was a quote that he had a long time ago. Okay. Like, and then so to, sort of to honor Al, they would light a torch every single game. Um, and so instead of having an actual torch, they just built that humongous torch, um, and they light that. Which, by the way, at night behind um, when uh, when that torch is lit and the strip behind the stadium is dark outside. It looks beautiful. <laughs> it's so cool to see that thing. Can uh, the, is the door retractable? Is the ceiling retractable in there? Or is it always closed? I think it's always closed. Um, which would make sense in a desert. <laughs> well, Arizona is uh, retractable. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's just completely closed. I think it, it's funny that it the, cool, uh, man. yeah, um, I think it's funny that the the little the nickname the Death Star, for as small as it turned as small as it started out, has actually turned into the official nickname of that place. Well, it looks like I mean, it really does. On. Yeah, I think it's actually kind of a blessing that there's no fans because you really get to appreciate the structure of what it is. Yeah, yeah. it'd be cool to see it packed, but you don't really get that. Like then it's like, oh wow, look at the crowds that this place mm-hmm. is holding, but it's like really take in the architecture and just the, the visuals of this place. Yeah. And they were playing on a real grass field. 
So, oh, so just like uh, O.co? Yeah, so the way that they do it, and they, they made it a special on the, the stadium last night. So what they do is they have a facility right outside the stadium that what they'll do is they'll make, they'll like paint the field outside so they'll get it all ready for the game and then they'll literally just slide the field into the stadium oh it's like it's like a basketball court yeah it's yeah it's like on wheels almost so they'll slide it into the stadium and i don't know lock it into place and then they have grass and then when they and then after the game they'll slide it back out the the stadium doesn't have a field in it they'll work on it fix it do everything that they need to do and then slide it back in for the game. Um, are they gonna do? Are they gonna put like a dirt infield in it <laughs> halfway through the year, or is that are they not keeping that tradition? They should only do that when opposing teams are kicking from that area. <laughs> they really should. because That'd be so funny because nobody knew how to kick off the dirt unless you were a random player. That's the most like ghetto looking thing in a football stadium when I there's know. like a dirt. I know, but it added some character, I got to say. And it was funny watching kickers. Like, I remember last year watching a kicker literally just slip on the dirt. And it was like, haha, you haven't practiced on here. <laughs> um, so, the game last night. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, take it as started, much time as you want, man. I, I won't go in too far into it because I, I know we got to get to the, the NBA and whatnot and some U.S. Open stuff. But still have to pick. And we still have to pick. So, we still got a lot. So, I won't spend too much time on it. Um. The game started off really bad, and I don't think there would have been any reasonable person would have bet any reasonable amount of money on the Raiders winning this game, which I don't blame you. I didn't even think they were going to win this game. Um, I was just hoping that it was going to be close, really. I just wanted them to not get blown out on national TV. I wanted them to put up a fight, um, and it was 10-0 to zero at the beginning. And it was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so the second quarter comes around. And then they scored. And it was like, all right, cool. 10 to 7. And then the Saints scored. I was like, oh, okay, 17 to 7. Maybe if we score right here, we get the ball back in the second half and maybe we can put something together. So we'll see. They end up scoring. And it was like, okay. So now it's 17 to 14. And you're like, all right. So we're feeling pretty good. Saints have the ball, though. And you're like, okay, if Drew goes down and scores, it's still going to be like, are we going to be able to keep pace with this offense? Will they get a stop? Which is wild because the Raiders defense, I said from the beginning that the Raiders offense was going to be just fine. They have plenty of weapons. Now, Josh Jacobs, I'd say is top five running back in the league, maybe even a top three running back in the league. I don't know. Okay. We can sell down on that. Who do you think? If we're, are we counting all the injured running backs that are in the league or no? So the only, I could, I can understand. I can understand three names being put in front of him. So I'd put him at the top five, but I can under- easily understand three so names being put in front of Zeke, him. Zeke, Barkley, and Saquon. Yeah, those three names I could easily Jonathan say. Jonathan Taylor, put right? Jonathan Taylor's better than Oh, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm not sure. I feel like you could throw Josh into any conversation for top five. I feel like those three guys are kind of like the three guys. Uh, it- Carson, Aaron Jones, for sure. Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook has not been having a great season. Derrick Henry. Uh Derrick Henry, yeah, I would I I would concede to Derrick Henry. Uh Chubb or Connors. They're not better, but they're in the in that sphere. Yeah, so I feel like that fifth place spot for 
for who the no, be- who the lower. fifth best. I don't know. I he's feel, like, but better, that's a matter. He's not better of pers- than Jones or Derrick Henry. Well, I said Derrick Henry is. Um, I would say better than uh, Jacobs. And Aaron Jones is for sure. I mean, I, recency bias, maybe. <laughs> um, he, he is. He's a better. He's a better in the passing attack. How about that? Yeah, he's and not, last he's not year more of an every down back. Yeah, the, so last year the Raiders did not use Josh in the passing game, and they're starting to use it more in the passing game now, which is really nice to see because he's a really good route runner. Um, but anyway, Josh is one of the top tier running backs in the league. Um, he might be top ten. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, anyway, so Darren Waller, we all knew was good. The only people who didn't know uh, that he was good seemed to be the Saints' defense because they gave up 12 receptions for 103 yards, one touchdown. Just Darren's hard to cover. He's hard to cover because yeah. he's got this. He's got the speed of a wide receiver. He's like he's just, prime Jimmy Graham. He's yeah, he's huge and he's so fast. He's so fast and he's such a good route runner. Uh, Brian Edwards, our rookie uh, wide he receiver. Looks good. He does look really good, and he's big too. He's a big wide receiver. He looked because um, he wears he wore Amari's old number, right? Eighty nine. Yeah, I honestly had a double take because I thought Amari was back on the. He's got like that same body type. Yeah, he's six three two sixteen. He's a big wide receiver, um, and he made some really good catches. Hunter Renfro is our miniature version of Julian Edelman, like like baby Edelman, um, in the sense that like when you need a first down in the middle of the field, Hunter will just find you that spot. Um, I'm not saying he's as good as Julian Edelman, but he's just kind of serves that same role um, as Julian Edelman. Nelson Aguilar, who everybody was hating on last season, looks like he just needed a change of scenery. He's a solid Um, pro. Yeah, he's playing well um, for us. Zay Jones, another speedy wide receiver out there. Devontae Booker, the running back who we drafted. So when are you going to talk about Henry Rhodes? So Henry Ruggs, I have to say, uh, he came into this um, game banged up. It was a game-time decision um, for him playing. So yesterday he was playing uh, hurt. Um, so I don't know what his status is going to be for next week. Uh, but he, he, got, he got pretty banged up uh, last week. Um, so I think that played a little bit into why they weren't targeting Ruggs that much. Now Derek did overthrow him twice. Yep. Which because he's not used to throwing deep, that's what I, it is. Well, that might be the, that might be the case. Um, <laughs> um, but I still think those two are establishing a connection right now. Um, I think Derek's going to have to get used to how fast Rugs is and how fast he's not. Um, I feel like Derek just needs to let it go because the one, the I think it was the first one that he overthrew Rugs when Rugs had a step on the DB. And it was mm-hmm. it was overthrown by like fifteen yards. I think he like double took, looked into the flat, and then looked back, and then tried to overcompensate. It kind of seemed like. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how those two connect, how those two connect uh, throughout the year. And I really hope Rugs gets fully healthy soon. Uh, now the thing is, is that even though he didn't have a lot of catches last night, he only had one for four yards. Um, the fact that he's a deep threat means that the safeties have to have to be honest with Ruggs. They can't just ignore him, um, and neither can the corners. So what that does is it opens up the field for a guy like Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro or Byron or Brian Edwards. 
and Zay Jones. Um, so it opens up stuff underneath. So even though Ruggs didn't have a phenomenal game stati- statistically, he does open up the field for everybody else. And he also was the reason for that huge um, uh, pass interference call at the end because he got hooked because he burned the corner. Right. Um, what was he injured with? It was a leg injury. I think it was a knee. It was a knee or an ankle. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but, yeah, he got – oh, yeah, it was a knee injury. Yeah, there it was. He, it was a knee injury that uh, happened early against Carolina. Um, so, Derek – Derek, I mean, I've been saying it from the very beginning. Derek Carr's a good quarterback, and he just needed people around him. And it looks like he finally has some weapons to throw to. He definitely um, And – he actually is been. He actually has been throwing the ball downfield. Um, now he's not like launching it sixty yards downfield, but he's throwing it 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. He is taking shots, but because he, but that's because he has shots to take now. Um, and he's always going to be accurate. And he's always been accurate. Last night it was the battle of the two most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, it was Derek and Drew, um, and he had a very Derek Carr game, 28 for 38, 282 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he may not throw for 400 yards, but he'll throw you a couple touchdowns, um, and uh, he's not going to have a ton of incompletions. And he's going to be really good on third down. That's one thing that he has always been good at is third down. Um, And I think there was a stat last night that he hadn't missed a throw on third down last night. They'd completed every third down except for one, and he scored a touchdown on one. Derek Carr is a a – is the quarterback you want on a winning team if everything else around him is running well? Mm-hmm. So the, when, what was his best year was 2016, right? When he yeah. finished fourth. They had Latavius Murray, right? That was their running back, or was it Marshall at that point? Uh, I think it was still Latavius. I think so. So they had Latavius Murray, who was a 1,000-yard runner. They had Amari Cooper. They had uh, – Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree, great goal line. Uh, they had still a Jared Cook, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a, one of the top two O-lines in the league. And you see yeah. what happens. Derek Carr looks like an MVP candidate. This yeah. team is looking pretty much like that. I don't want to oversell them too soon, but it, the offense at least looks like that. Yeah, the offense looks good. It's just going to be the defense. Um it's going to be the defense that uh, is going to be the the hard part of of if the Raiders are going to be good this year. Their draft pick of Jonathan Abrams yeah. looks like it was a phenomenal pick. That dude is like um, Jonathan Abrams. Yeah. Um, and and I know it's and I uh, I mean sorry Jonathan Abrams and Jamal Adams. Sorry, I'm oh, mixed in. Okay. Yeah, Jamal Adams over uh, in Seattle. Jonathan Abrams looks exactly like Jamal Adams. Um, And uh, there was one play last night where he came flying up on one of the wide receivers and missed him by like an inch that had he hit him, he would have just completely knocked him out Um, because you, I watched him run all the way from the secondary all the way downhill and was about to kill somebody. Um, And that's just what he does. He just loves to bang. He, yeah, he loves coming in for that hit. Um, uh, Arnett, the rookie corner, looks like he's playing. Looks like he turned out to be a very good draft pick. Lamarcus Joyner is playing well. Eric Harris is a good safety. I think this Raiders secondary is the best part of their 
defense. It's, it's a that front right? seven. Yeah. Well, so actually, one of our one of the guys who we brought over, our starting middle linebacker, is out right now. I can't remember his name. It's like it's some Owski last name. It's like Rakowski, mm. I think. I think his last name is Rakowski. Um, so he's out, but it's it's our front four. Our front four just can't get any pressure. Uh, Max Crosby, towards the end of the game, the second half, was getting in Drew's face. Never got a sack, um, but he was pushing the he was pushing Drew around, and it wasn't towards the end of the game um, where they finally started to get some pressure. But man, it's just that front that front four um, is is not very good for the Raiders right now. Their defense is going to be what's going to hold them back um, if they do indeed get held back. The thing for the Raiders, and I'll end it with this, the thing for the Raiders is that this, these next few weeks are going to be like prove-it weeks right. for the Raiders because they beat the Saints, but they beat a Michael Thomas-less Saints. Um, I mean, now, granted, it's still the Saints, and the Saints are top to bottom one of the best teams in the league, and, they still win, and they'll be just fine, especially when Michael Thomas comes back. But they definitely back. showed that they were missing Michael Thomas. Oh, absolutely. He showed how important he is to that offense. Um but they play the Patriots next week. Yep. And they play the Patriots in Foxborough. Yep. So that's a huge game. They play the Bills. Whew. Then they play the Chiefs. Whew. And then they play the Bucks. Oof. So the next four they weeks for the Raiders. <laughs> the next well, two and four. The yeah, next I four can, the next four weeks for the Raiders are gonna be very much prove it games. They need one of these games. If they come out of this stretch three and three, which, and which they, game you eye in? The Bucks game right now. Really? Yeah. I was thinking the Patriots. Well, I'm eyeballing the Bucks game right now because Tom doesn't look super great right now. Where and is I, it in Vegas? Yeah. Man, this this would have been a great year to be a, a Vegas season ticket holder. You have New Orleans at home and then Tampa Bay. So oh a ticket, a ticket last night would have sold for I think eight hundred and eighty something dollars is what they said. Well, oh, they are just putting marquee names in that stadium. Yeah, um, and not to mention Mahomes is going to be there as oh well. Oh my eventually. eventually. <laughs> um, They've lost out on so much money. Philip Rivers is going to be there. Well, who cares um, about that? I mean, no one cares about that. I mean, still, <laughs> Justin Herbert will probably be there. <laughs> um, Josh Allen is going to be there, and he's turned into a, a very good quarterback now. Um, the Patriots game, I could see them sneaking, but you know Bill Belichick has watched this tape and gone, well, Darren Waller, you're not catching anything next week. But I don't think they have the personnel to stop. They oh, may but... not. They may not. That's just and the thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. The Bills game. I don't know. Um, I'm already penciling in a loss against the Chiefs because it's in Arrowhead and the Raiders suck at Arrowhead. Yeah. But I've been wrong before. Um, you were wrong the Bucks, last week. Yeah. I was wrong last week. So who knows? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Are the Raiders good? I don't know. We need I... a couple more weeks. Mm. We need a couple. I know their offense is good. I know their offense is good. I think that, it, that Tampa Bay game is definitely winnable. It's going to go I do. probably the same as it did against the Saints because Tampa Bay and the, and the Saints are pretty close. Yeah. I feel like they could 
surprise the Patriots. I feel like they could surprise the Bills and the Bucks. It's that Chiefs game that I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Okay. Do you want to go right into picks? Yeah, let's head right into picks. Perfect. That was I spent. We spent a lot longer on that than I wanted to, Dude, but I mean, you deserve it after that big win. We didn't ah, even mention the fact that the Niners beat the worst team in the league, um, but it's fine. They got a win. I'm just happy. They did get a win, and I think the reason why we didn't mention it is because it's just they're going to have tough sledding with uh, with everybody being injured. Let the Nick Mullins era begin, baby. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, so I won last week because I picked the Raiders. <laughs> so it is now one-to-one heading into our uh, NFL picks. So let's get right into it. Dolphins, Jaguars. I got the Jaguars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Jacksonville. All right, so we got the Niners against the Giants. Niners. I pick the Niners too. I still don't think with the with Barkley being out, I don't know what the Giants have. So I'll go Niners as well. Browns and Washington. I'm gonna go Browns. I think the Browns are at home. Yeah, the Browns are at home. So yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the Browns. I know that doesn't mean much right now, but I'll still take the Browns. Eagles and Bengals. Eagles. Somehow. I, I do think they're going to beat the the Bengals, but, man, I would love to see Joe Burrow beat them. Um, but I'll still pick Philly because it's hard to it's hard to not think that Carson's not going to turn it around, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll take the Eagles as well. Raiders-Patriots. I'm, you kind of talked me into the Raiders. Oh, my God. Really? I was already writing down you picking the Patriots. But it's tough. I'm going to take New England. All right. I got the Raiders because I'm just going to pick them every week, and I'll live and die with, with them. Um, all right. Bears and Falcons. I'll take the Falcons at home. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take Chicago. All right. We'll see if Mitch Trubisky can uh, dial it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe potentially. I'm, okay, so there are a lot of good games. There is a week. lot of good games, yeah. Um, and the first one I think is going to be uh, the Rams-Bills. Early morning game, Rams and Bills. Two teams who are pro- trying to prove that they're really good. I think the Rams have another level than the Bills. I have been talking the Bills up, and I've been talking Josh Allen up, so I'm going to roll with the Bills. Um. So we'll see how that goes for me. Um, Texans Steelers. I got the Steelers at home. Um, I'll take the Steelers. I think it's gonna be close. I do as well. Um, Titans Vikings. I'll take the Titans. Yeah, Titans. Panthers Chargers. Oh, go Bolts. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What it'll be interesting to see if Tyrod is playing. Um. He I'll will. take them. Man, he will. And the Car- I feel like Carolina's actually been playing better. Well, they didn't play very well against Tampa. I don't know. I still take them. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick. We got the Colts and the Jets. Colts. Yep. Seahawks and the Cowboys. Hawks. Yep. Um, Cardinals, Lions. I got Arizona. I'm going to take Detroit. All righty. This, these two teams tied last year, didn't they? I think so, yeah. I, I remember I, that sounds familiar. Um, I don't know. Go Kyler Murray. Kenny Galladay's uh, back. 
for Detroit. Oh, that's that's huge for my fantasy team. <laughs> it is huge. I think he's um, back this week. We'll find out. Um, I needed that. Um, Buccaneers and the Broncos. Bucks. In the Bucks. All right. So the two late night games. Here we go. Saints, Packers, and Ravens, Chiefs. Well, yeah. Um, we we need to go different on one of them. I think Green Bay is going to take the Sunday night game, and I think. I think so. I was I was going to take City Green Bay. Monday? I was going to take Green Bay as well. Um, so I'll take the Ravens. Well, I don't want to force you into the Ravens. No, I'm I'll, I'm feel fine with picking the Ravens. All right, I feel fine with picking the Ravens. That's uh, oh my gosh, week three is awesome. I know there's so many good games, or at least you hope that it's a lot of good games. games. Very much so. Very very much so. The Rams Bills huge game. Bucks. Broncos, I mean, Broncos defense is still pretty good. You got Seahawks, Cowboys, Packers, Saints, and Chiefs, Ravens. Yeah. Well, everybody's injured, so let's hope let's hope that uh, nobody uh, nobody gets injured in week three because we don't we we can't take no we can't take stars. much more no more stars yeah no ending season ending injuries. Yeah. Let's let's not uh, let's not have that happen anymore. All right, so let's transition quickly over to the NBA. Quickly. Quickly. All righty. So the, the, the conference finals started when we released our last episode. So the first two games of the Miami and Boston series literally played out the exact same way. Yep. It was the same thing. Celtics went up, and the Heat sort of battled back. Then the Celtics took a little bit of a lead, and then the Heat made it close, and then the Heat pulled away at the end. It was the same thing in both games. Yeah. And then the Celtics came back and beat the Heat. So the series is 2-1. to one. Uh, Game 3 is tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Um, what, are, game, what are you thinking of this series? Yeah, yeah game sorry, four Game is... 4. Um, I think Miami definitely has the advantage. I know it's easy to say because they're up 2-1. But it just seems like late, they're a much stronger team. If the if the game's close, it's it's it feels like Miami's got more mental fortitude to get out with a win over Boston. Right now, Gordon Hayward is back for Boston, which, which made is a huge. huge difference. It made a big difference. Mm-hmm. But Miami's defense might be the best of any team left left in the playoffs. I agree. Just how much they. They're able to double team, say, Tatum, and still just run around, just scramble all the way till they cover everyone. Like there's no open shot. I feel like for this that Miami gives up. I'll tell you what, Bam Adebayo is a star. Yeah, this dude is insane. I love watching him play, and I know we didn't get a chance to talk about his block on uh, oh, Tatum. My goodness. But wow, <laughs> wow! <laughs> that was one of the best playoff blocks I have seen. For sure. I mean, just you're talking about an up up and coming star in Jason Tatum gets a wide open lane to the for the win, and Bam comes out of nowhere from the weak side help and just deny takes his soul 
away with that one-handed block. Just says, get that bleep out of here. Dude, it was nasty. It was on the level as that LeBron dunk. I don't – I mean, the bl- the LeBron block. <laughs> the, gra- uh, the gravity of the situation is a little different for – No, I yeah, what I'm saying is I don't think that block was better, but it sort of had that same, like, oh, my God kind of feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was insane, and honestly, this was this this was the matchup that I was looking forward to in the Eastern Conference. This is the one that I wanted to see, and I had been championing this uh, this matchup uh, from the beginning. I, I wanted I once we sort of realized that these two teams could be on a collision course for each other. It was the one I was rooting for because I just felt that these teams are very similar um, in the sense that they're young. And they don't have a LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant type superstar name. There's no have, superstar in this league in this series. No, they have, have we ever seen anything like this? I'm not sure. Like you could talk about Jason Tatum sort of up and coming as that guy, and Jimmy Butler is sort of playing like that guy, and maybe Bam is rising towards that level, but nobody is like established yet. But on both sides you have guys like so for the Celtics, you got Tatum, Brown. Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker, you have Gordon Hayward, all very, very solid players. And then you go over to the Heat side, and the Heat are, I would say, deeper. Um, Ooh, they have, I don't know. Dude, I, I think so. They got Butler, Crowder, Bam, Dragic, Duncan Robinson, who's playing way. I heard a stat about Duncan Robinson in the regular season. I think he took, I think the stat was he took like 682 field goals, just like shots. Yeah. And 600 of them were threes. Well, yeah, all he does is catch and shoot threes. I know. It's crazy. I was like, that's got to be some kind of record. <laughs> um, I bet J.J. Reddick's field goal splits are pretty similar to that. Oh, yeah. Um, but Tyler Hero's been playing really well. Yeah. Andre Iggy's been playing really well. Kendrick Nunn is a solid option off the bench. Yeah. Kelly Olynyk yeah. as well. Derek Jones still. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, this team is deep. I would say they're a little bit deeper than the Celtics. Mm, I think Boston's got overall more quality. I just think the the star play, Jimmy Butler and Bam and Goran Dragic has been falling out too. Like, they're just outplaying Boston stars at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see this the rest of the series. And, man, I hope it goes game seven. Oh, I hope it goes game seven. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure either, but I really hope it does. I think it will. I, I hope so. You'll see. Um, you'll see them split. They'll, you'll see them go back and forth. I feel like. So you're saying the Celtics win tomorrow, and then just back and forth to the end. Yeah, until Miami wins. So I don't know how that works logistically, but Miami's winning Game Seven. Did I? I think I said that. In our I call. I called Boston. Um, that's all I remember. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the Nuggets and the Lakers. What do we think? No one's stopping the Lakers this year. I don't think so. Did they deserve to get out with a win in uh, yesterday's game? <laughs> or Sunday night's game? Uh, deserve? Well, yeah, they made the shot. <laughs> well, I don't. I just don't know. Like The fact that they got out with a win is fortunate. I mean, they gave up that game. They did not play well late. No. Jokic was a monster late. He scored, like, what, the last 11 points for the Nuggets? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis had 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists. And I kept I kept telling, and Bryson, I know you're not listening, but one of our friends is a diehard Laker fan. And I kept telling him, 
then Anthony Davis is going to be going up against somebody who's not a pushover, and he's going he's gonna to do what Anthony Davis is going to do to Jokic because Jokic is not a great defender. Yeah. But Jokic is a phenomenal offensive player. And Jokic had 30 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. Um, I mean, he had a – I mean, Davis is a phenomenal defender, so it's hard to say who had the better game. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, dude, I kept telling him, I was like, Jokic is – he's not going to be an easy matchup for Davis. Well, like, Davis is not just guard. It's mostly Dwight that guards him. Yeah, it's mostly Dwight now. I don't know. Um, how, I don't know how you feel about that as a. If you're a Lakers fan, I I almost think it's actually because it, I don't think Dwight guards him very well. He can't shut down Jokic, right? But he eats well, up Jokic those tiki tech. He eats up those tiki tech fouls, so Davis doesn't get in foul trouble. I think that's the only benefit of having Dwight guard Jokic instead of AD. Well, he's not doing it all game because Dwight only played 13 minutes and Jokic played. 39 minutes so for the other part of it Davis is on him yeah or JaVel I mean or JaVel, JaVel doesn't yeah. play a lot but yeah no yeah um and LeBron yeah, played 12 play minutes particularly well in the second half now he finished with 26 points 11 rebounds and four assists he had a good game very LeBron-esque game but yeah I mean it's if you're a Lakers fan you get out of that game by the skin of your teeth with a great shot, that was that was going. You knew that was good from the release of his hand. I think that that game just won them the series, honestly. Mm. Because did you, did you see it? Did you see it going seven? Originally, no. um, and it's hard to count out Denver because they're the comeback kids, um, and they seem to play well when they're uh, down. Um, so it's hard to like say that they're completely dead. But I cannot get behind the fact that. LeBron would give up four games. Um, so I honestly think that that game sealed their, the series for them. Because that was a demoralizing loss. What do you, where do you see it finishing? I'd say at most it goes six, but I'm going to say five. Wow. Because AD is just playing out of his mind. He really is. And so is Jokic. And Murray's playing really well, too. Um, Let's see. But, I mean, the last game he had 25 points, um, six rebounds, and four assists. I Let me check his stats for the other game. He had 21 points, one rebound, and five assists. So he's, he's playing pretty well, too. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a, I feel like six is a safe number to say. Mm-hmm. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's five. Because that was just such a demoralizing loss. And I feel like the Lakers can sort of smell it now. They they smell blood. And it's just, it's time to go. I think they're going to win by, by in five. Yeah, I'll say they win in five. I'll All say right. it. Well, I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I really hope I'm wrong. No, nah, I think the NBA needs the Lakers to win this championship. Yeah. That'd be huge for the game. To have LeBron. Do you know how much coverage that would get across the world if LeBron wins a ring with the most high, the highest profile franchise in the NBA? Coming off of the year that they lost Kobe? Yep. So. Yeah. It's almost like it, this was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> you know, it's one, it's one of those things. Let's make it's the, one let's of make those, the Clippers lose in the, in the semifinals. So that the it's one of those things play. where, like, you can see certain aspects where you go, "Oh well, maybe that is." But then you look at plays like, you know, it it, it would be impossible to rig a game the way that they the way that some of these games are playing out. It's like, dude, I don't, for anybody who believes that, I don't know what you want me to say, what you're looking for. Cause it's not. So, um, and game three is tonight. Game three is tonight. When we, so you're saying when we come back, this series will, will already be over. As much as I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Which just gives, LA more rest going into the finals, which would be huge. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats, Lakers. Yeah, congrats on your uh five millionth title. Um all right, so last thing, last order of business, US Open. You watched it probably way more than I did. I only I only caught the last day. Mm-hmm. But I, I tuned into a lot of coverage before the round and it was pretty much unanimous that uh, this course winged foot was the if not the hardest one of the top three hardest courses in the in u.s dude it was crazy i had turned on the um one of the names on the tour is t duncan (laughs) oh tim's Tim's got a side job i guess so (laughs) um but uh, I, I turned it on. And I looked at everybody's score, and I was like, "What is happening?" I, I didn't know where they were playing. I didn't know what course it was. Um, but Deschambault was the only person who finished under par. I mean, mm-hmm. Wolf was even, but Deschambault was the only one. Yeah, I, we all this talk about Deschambault coming off of the break, bulking up, hitting bombs all day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's for this is huge for golf. Morikawa winning, and now DeChambeau winning. These are two potential breakout stars, young dudes for the sport that that can be marketed and just put on a pedestal for this sport. It's it's really good to see. And even if Matthew Wolf won, who's a younger star, mm-hmm. it would have been huge for golf. Yeah. And Dustin Johnson was up there, but Dustin's Dustin's thirty six. He's not old by any means. I mean, you still got Phil out there playing, um, and you still got Tiger out there playing. So, I mean, you and I have said this for a while because we're a golf show. <laughs> we, we're um, a golf and tennis show. We really are. <laughs> we really are. Um, that golf is in a really good spot in terms of who they have on tour. Cause they have a lot of very, very good players who can win um, any, any particular weekend. It and was, I think that's really good for the sport. Yeah. It would be cool to see guys like stack a couple majors in a row. Cause that's really mm-hmm. when you would get the general public to tune in. Like, yeah, and may- yeah. maybe maybe if you're trying to gear it towards the general public, but for people like you and me, let's just like like just taking that out of the equation. There's not people a lot like of people you- like us, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, we we'll watch golf because it's on, um, 
and I, I love it. I love the fact that there are multiple people that can win at any particular week weekend. Yeah, I think it's just interesting. I'm looking at the scores right here. The disparity of scoring from round one to round two, and then round three to round four, is pretty remarkable. Like round mm-hmm. one, all the leaders mostly are under par, right? And then round two. Yeah. All of them, pretty much, except for Bryson DeChambeau, were over par. And then the same for round three and round four. It's just, it's weird that it's, that this course played so differently throughout the weekend. There are multiple people who had a round four of 12 over. Wow. That'd There's be a good one, day for me. I know, that's what I'm saying. I've seen one, two, three, and there were two 11 overs. There was one 10 over. There's a seven, there's an eight, there's another eight, there's a five. It's ridiculous. Would you ever play a course that was that hard? Yes. Would you, I, I would, would you have fun? Well, it was one of those things. It's like playing Apple Mountain for us. Yeah. Like, like I enjoy going and playing Apple Mountain because I'm not going there expecting – to like, I play Apple Mountain differently than I play Morgan Creek. I go to Morgan Creek to go, okay, you know what? I'm gonna try to shoot my lowest round here. Yeah. I go to Apple Mountain to go, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy playing, and the course is probably gonna eat me up, but I'm just gonna have fun playing because I was not expecting to walk out of here right playing well anyway. No, I so I totally get that. Yeah, like if I if I would go play Wingfoot, and I somehow parred one hole. And tripled, quadrupled, got ten on every other hole. I'd be happy. Yeah, I'd be like, oh wow, I I parred that. Like that'd be probably worth the admission. And you get yeah. to walk around the, a beautiful course like that. Exactly. So it'd be one of those things where I was like, yeah, sure, sign me up. I'm all in. But I think it's, it's it's different for us because we don't take our games very seriously. Well, that's I mean that's true. Like we can have fun and we can shoot. 120. I I know I can. I don't know if you can, but I yeah I don't like being in the triple digits. Um, <laughs> but um, and it was funny too because I was talking to one of our uh, one of our front desk workers at MD, and he's just picking up golf. And it was one of those things. I was like, yeah, dude, it's a weird sport. Like, because I went to Morgan Creek and I shot um, my lowest nine ever. I was 39 heading into the, the last hole, mm-hmm. um, and I shot an 84, I think. I shot an 84 at Morgan Creek, which I was like, oh, man, Morgan's a tough course. I'm really happy leaving here with an 84. And then a month later, I came back and shot a 105, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so it was one of those things where it was like, well, you know, I, pl- I was mad because I had come off a very good round at Morgan Creek and just absolutely – you know, crap my pants when I shot a 104. But, you know, if we were going to like any of the PGA courses, it was like, okay, you know, I shoot a 200. I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I, I top the ball off the tee sometimes. So it really doesn't matter what course I play at. And I got my small driver that only gets me like 220. So, yeah, you might not even be like, there's water in front. Like, we're playing the tips, we're playing like where the pros play. You might not even be able to reach the fairway. I know I'd have to pull out my big driver and I'd hit it like 270, but it would go way right. <laughs> um, uh, four right, four right. Anyone see that? Anyone, any yeah. fans see that? 
Jason, why are you aiming at the parking lot? It'll come back. Trust me. <laughs> it's like a boomerang. <laughs> yeah, it'll come back. Um, and then you hit it straight. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. That happens <laughs> to me every single time. When I was playing with that huge slice. At, uh, yeah. Wood Creek. I would overcompensate left, hit it right at the car path. And I'm like, okay, well, just do that every time. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, all right. We've hit our hour and a half mark that we try to stay under. Um, that's our show. That's our show. Any any comments for anybody out there? How's your fantasy team looking? Yeah, how many of you have been hit by uh, Saquon out, uh, Sutton out, Thomas McCaffrey. out, McCaffrey out, Bell out? Um, is there any so, other big ones? So I have Thomas in a different league, not the one that we're in. And I actually was able to squeak out with a win this week. Yeah. Um, because I just I have a I have a fairly decent team. I don't know how I ended up with Lamar and Russ as my quarterbacks for both leagues. Um, That's pretty lucky. But yeah, it's it worked out pretty well. I draft quarterbacks pretty early, so I try to get them before anybody else does. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I definitely think that my team in our league is better than the one in my fitness MD league. Oh, you're um, stacked, dude. I think it's pretty good from top to bottom. And I'm adding, uh, I just made a couple moves um, that. Uh, you looking I, for a wide receiver, big man? I'm looking for a, a bigger name wide receiver, yes. <laughs> what, uh, what are you looking for? I, I may discuss even if you let me keep the Jaguars. Running back. No, I made no. I, no, I'm listen, listen. <laughs> I may discuss giving you Dalvin Cook. Whoa. For who? Maybe. It's probably for like Tyler Lockett or something. I know, because I have Russ, so it it'd have to be somebody else. I so I'm not, not sure. Juju might be on the table for Dalvin Cook. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really not sure yet. Okay. Cause I had Raheem Moster and Saquon both go down in the same week. So that yeah. was really awesome. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You're going to go get that Jaguars running back, aren't you? I'm going to try. I have a pretty – I don't have a very good waiver priority because I'm too – I don't either. I don't – I don't need – I'm too – I don't either because I think I'm se- I'm second in the league and I think you're third. Yep. So Because um, I just absolutely shellacked Bryson. It wasn't even Well, no, Aaron Jones shellacked Bryson <laughs> – I might not even start a second running back if Aaron Jones is playing like that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> well, five points. I just kept coming back to my phone. Oh, Aaron Jones touchdown. Aaron Jones touchdown. And then that was Bryson text text in the chat. Well, uh, Aaron Jones just went right up the middle for seventy five yards. I was like, really? <laughs> that was that was Josh Jacobs. Mine first week. Oh, one touchdown. Oh, there's two. Hey, there's three. Just every uh, time, every time they get to the red zone and. Aaron Jones is on the field. Just let him go up the middle a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm making some moves uh, elsewhere, too. I have three waiver claims uh, right now um, that I'm looking at. But and it looks you, like one. You don't like every team making the playoffs? No, because I feel like it just – it's not even necessarily like a security thing. I just feel like, um, one, it makes regular season games <laughs> meaningless – and two, you could get to the playoffs and have a 10th seeded team play the number one team 
and just have somebody go for 80 points or something weird like that and just knock the guy who, you know, has done well throughout the entire season right out, right yeah. out off the bat. You realize the champion last year had a losing record, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I missed the playoffs by one point. If you had made the playoffs, I would have won. Cause I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have gone up against one of Bryson's brothers. Yeah. Well, I, but that's just me. I don't, I mean, I don't, that's just my opinion. I get it. Well, it, I mean, the same, the same logic applies where none of these games really mean anything because we're not playing for any money or anything. No, no. It is just for our pride. Pretty much. It's a um, major shit. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I got three waiver claims, but it sounds like one of them is going to get stolen. So who are, who are the other two? I, but I, I, I don't care. I can't tell you because you'll go after him. No, I, my team is pretty much set as long as I get this dang running back. Okay, so I'm dropping the 49ers defense. <gasps> Probably a really smart move, to be so honest. So I dropped, I dropped the 49ers defense, and I'm getting the Chargers defense. Oh, interesting. That's good. So I swapped for that. And then there's a tight end. There's a tight end who I'm sneaking. I'm dropping – oh, if you want a wide receiver – Jarvis Landry is going to be on the uh, um, on the market. Too many wide receivers. So I'm just I'm just putting it out there though. And the other the other guy that I'm going after is the Tennessee Titans tight end, who right now is the number three tight end in the league for fantasy. Oh really? Um, Johnu Johnu Smith. Uh, he cool. the first week he had thirteen points, which is good for a tight end, and then last yeah, he four points. Jeez. Um, and with the, that really Ryan Tannehill like, throwing um, the ball around right now, I really like Hunter Henry a lot. That was a really good pickup. Yeah, I thought yeah. tight end was going to be the worst um, position. And Chicago's defense hasn't effed me yet. Right, exactly. So those are the three that I'm going to go after. I'm going to go after the Jaguars running back in my other league, too. Yeah, I just hope no one else picks him up. Did you know I had – Did you know I yeah, you're stealing from me. an hour before the Niners game started that George Kittle was out? Yeah. Oh, really? Freaking ding it. It's week two. Well, you Can know he's not probably – week two? I know. Ben, if you're listening to this, I you're know. a fantasy owner slouch. His team is yeah, he is. Player. He is. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for the show. Um, we hope you all are having a fantastic week. And yeah, uh, see you, everyone. We'll see you guys next week.